The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the raw and uncensored Ambitious Podcast. I'm your host, the original HBIC, Katie Boyd. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh yeah, here I am, the original HBIC Katie motherfucking Boyd. <laughs> and over here is my outer child. Yes. Matthew Martin Babine. No longer Martini. <laughs> Every now and then, Martini. Children aren't time. supposed to drink. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's Today's right. Ambitious Podcast is all about how to heal your inner child because God knows that you all freaking need it. <laughs> that's right. Hence the martinis. Trauma, trauma, trauma. <laughs> oh my God. This is going to be a good one. Oh. This is going to be a good one. Before we start, I always like to give a shout out to our ambitious sponsor, Ayana, owner of PranaHairSkinAndLash.com. Tell her that this bitch sent you and she will give you $50 off mm. your first full set of lashes so you can look like a doll, like I do, <laughs> like a cabbage patch. Xavier Roberts is tattooed on my ass right now. Watch these blinkers. Do you know <laughs> no, what that is? Dolly. Oh my God. No. Xavier Roberts, man. I don't know who that is. It's the, cr- it's the creator of the cabbage patch doll. Oh, well, sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, the, yes. if you had a cabbage- with, I was playing with Evil Knievel in G.I. Joe. I didn't have a- Listen, cabbage Ed patch. Sullivan, Mr. No. Ed Sullivan, if you bought a Cabbage Patch doll when you were a little kid, I see now I'm, my inner child is coming out right now talking about it, <laughs> on the ass of it was Xavier Roberts' tattoo. Right on the ass. Right. Really? It was like very jailbirdy. Like it's yeah. like, you know, when you go to jail and you, you have a tattoo this end up. <laughs> oh, it's tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah, it was like the first tramp, tramp stamp, stamp was, oh my God, no wonder patch. why we're all a bunch yeah. of hoes yeah. and we all have our tramp stamps. I, need so, I don't know why I need something tattooed on my ass. <laughs> Oh my God, I never I even why. thought about this. Cabbage, cabbage Patches patch. had tramp stamps. You guys were all freaking psychologically manipulated. No wonder why my inner child is so fucked up. Matt's like, you better sip that yeah. coffee long, kid. Yeah, I'm going to need some coffee. I need some, co- I need some brandy in this coffee <laughs> oh to, to, to get through my inner child. Oh, so as you guys know, <laughs> I have just recently... Wrote, written my book, yes, ambitious. That's going to be coming out very, very soon. Very exciting. And one of the last chapters of ambitious, the book has this whole inner child healing meditation. Mm. So if you want a little sneak peek of this inner child healing meditation, go on over to Facebook and like Katie Boyd ambitious the page, and it will be there on the wall. So you guys can do that inner child healing meditation for the next 28 days or as long as you need to heal your inner child. Mm-hmm. You can also go over to Instagram, Katie Boyd Ambitious, and it's on there as well. So that's a little sneak preak of, 
sneak prick. Sneak prick. <laughs> Sounds like sneak my Saturday prick. nights at the Baybine. <laughs> Sorry, residence. it's a sneak. What's that? What is going on? Oh, that's my sneak it's prick. It's my sneak prick. <laughs> if you want a sneak prick. It's a prick attack. Oh, my God. Ew. It's a prick attack. Matt, my out. inner child is screaming right now. My inner hey, child is you screaming. You said do it for 28 days or so. I've been on my fifth year, and I'm still working on it. So Seriously. ambitious ones, don't worry. It's, it's a work in progress. If you want a sneak prick of the ambitious, ambitious inner child healing, go over to those two pages because they're on there. And if you want it also to be sent to your email, you can go on to kbmfc.com and sign up for our free newsletter and every week I'll send that shit out yes. to you to remind you that you have some inner child healing work to do. Everyone and, does. And a lot of you guys probably are at home and going, what is this bitch talking about healing my inner child, mm. right? So your inner child is the echo of the child that you once were and we each have our own history that has been influenced, as you know, by our environment, events, and people around us as we grew up and our inner child stored those memories and now shape the adult human we are today, right? Absolutely. So a lot of people don't know this. Um, For the first six to seven years of your life, your brain cycles are actually cycling extremely slow. And it's actually called, so it's four to seven cycles per second, which is really, really slow. Mm. And that's our theta wave brain. So when you actually meditate, when you get yourself into a meditative state, this is going to get, this just gave me chills thinking about Mm. it. When you get yourself into a meditative state, one of your goals during meditation is to actually get your brain to cycle, to down cycle, to go into that theta. Like we talk about the theta metronome that, Mm -hmm. you know, Stuart Wilde talks about that, about how he has this theta metronome that clicks as he, as he does his meditation and it helps your brain wave cycle down to six to seven, four to seven cycles per second. And it's crazy because when you're a little kid, you almost are living in like a meditative state in a way, right? That's how little children can like play house and have imaginary friends and all these things because you're in a different wavelength of your brain cycles. Right. Until right? our parents and adults take it out of us. <laughs> they rip it they rip from it our child. Stop bodies. daydreaming. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Oh it's my like, God. Right? It makes me sad yes. just thinking about it, right? Me too. So I need some healing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I can we, tell. Oh, yes, you do, my oh. friend. So we've all had made these um, decisions at a subconscious level about how we should be and what we should do and how we thrived or just survived in our families original unit. And then what happens is our later experience will have reinforced these beliefs of child, our child selves we once were. And to find out what our own script says about our life and the unfolding dramas that we have been recreating and repeating. So pretty much what I'm saying is whatever fucking happened to you as a child that Mm. wasn't okay, even though a lot of us have like been like, it's fine, it's fine, I'm fine. And we push that shit down. It now spills over into our adult lives, and we wonder why we have all these fucking problems as adults. Mm-hmm. And really, all we are is just big kids. Yeah, right. We that we probably just changed physically much. grew up. Any trauma that happened within those years, right, right? Right. You're taking it into the rest of your life. Yeah. So I actually composed a list of how we can know out there in ambitious land if our inner child is wounded and needs healing. This is crazy, right? Yeah. So absolutely. I was showing Matt the list and he was like, yep, got that one. 
Yep. Me too. <laughs> Same. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was looking at the list too. And I'm like, damn, like a lot, I've had a lot of these issues. I'm going to play along over here. Are you going to? Yeah. Okay. Let's play. If your inner child needs healing. Right. Let's, bring up, let's bring up his issues. No, you're not allowed to play with us. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a mean inner child. We don't like you. you. You know what happened to me, Katie? Tell me. I never went to kindergarten. <gasps> oh, so I, know I never learned sharing. Do you know how to tie your shoe? Yes. Oh. Okay, because he wears slip-ons a lot. I am actually today. <laughs> no. And how do you think I felt when that book came out? Everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. There's a book that's called that? Yes. Stop. Uh, and I miss kindergarten. What does that mean? You're screwed. Well, I have a story for you, Mr. Ed Sullivan. <laughs> that now they're going to just one-up each other. I had to go to kindergarten two, it was called. That's what they said. Well, you have two? to go to kindergarten like two. Like two. I must have flunked out of kindergarten Wait a minute. one. Because, but they didn't want to tell me that I flunked out of kindergarten one. I probably, they probably sent me when I was too Wait young. Wait you never told me this. I just remembered. So Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out. All this stuff I, is coming out I now. I didn't get to go at all, and need, Matt went twice. I need a minute. <laughs> Do you see, he's spoiled. I, I need a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this just came out, Ed. Tell Thank me about you. this kindergarten, too. Let's go a little bit well, deeper in that. It just came. It literally just came out. And when he said that, he didn't get to go to kindergarten. My, my parents go, Matthew, you did such a really good job. You're going to kindergarten, too. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm like this idiot walking around telling all the other kids, I'm in kindergarten, too. These kids are going into first well, grade. Well, we're in first grade. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you're not in kindergarten, oh too. Oh, my God. So, he was like a foot bigger than all the yeah, other kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You were like freaking. What a life. shit show. Okay, I'm reliving it right as we speak. This is so freaking crazy. Uh, okay. This could get ugly. This is going to get ugly. I feel like it's going to get ugly, right? Or, okay. Or hysterical, one or the other. All right, ready? Low self esteem. Mm. Who doesn't have that? T- tell me one fucking person that doesn't have low self esteem in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. it's number one. Poor body image, yeah. poor body image, right? Yeah. Or like body dysmorphia, which I, um, I am like the queen of that. Mm-hmm. When I was like really, really, really thin, I'm talking like a size zero, like shredded. Mm-hmm. I would literally look at myself and see like this, like 400 pound person. Jesus. But then, I have the opposite. I have 400 uh, pounds. I was just going to say and that. And I look in the mirror and go, pretty good. All right. We're going to dinner. He's like, I'm a lame James. <laughs> where are we going to Matt's dinner? like 600 pound life. He's like, look at me. I'm a sexy beast. I'm a beast. I am good. <laughs> it was probably because of those two kindergarten go arounds. <laughs> well, now, Katie, I've, I've never weighed more than 280. <laughs> <laughs> so, you need your own show, 280 Power Life. I'm, well, that's before I discovered Oreo Thins. Oh, oh my God. Oreo Thins. Yes, those are the best. Oh, number three, eating massive amounts of Oreo Thins. <laughs> I've got that issue. Seriously. And that's probably because when I was a child, we didn't have that much. We didn't have good snacks. Right. Yeah. You go to school, right, Matt? And yeah. the other kids have good snacks. Yeah, you don't have to tell me about eating my feelings. Oh, my oh. God. That I know the worst. all about when you it. You would go to lunch and you yeah. would have like the like the snacks from like the dollar store and everyone yeah. else would have the good Fritos or the good real right. Cheetos or the yeah. real Doritos. Yeah. Not just like the- Generic. Tor- oh, it was yeah. so terrible. How about those freaking snowballs my father would throw them in my Ew, dad? those, those things gross. were awful. Those pink snowballs. That was your snack? Sometimes. <laughs> it was probably the easiest thing to grab at 7-Eleven. That's or terrible. I You're thought right. so. You know, so. Nobody wanted to trade with me. Katie, this is explaining a lot. Right? Don't you yeah. think? 
Snowballs. <laughs> the snowballs. Right. Well, it's like oh. everyone out in bitches land. I'm probably going to have some kind of an. We need to go get. A, we got to call the Samaritans after we leave. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid. Next, mood and emotional imbalances. Mm. Look, take a look over here to my right hand side. <laughs> I have all sorts of moods. Oh, mine. Poor boundaries. Poor boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're a little kid, if you have, you know, if your family of origin never taught you healthy boundaries, or when you were, or to back up for a second, mood and emotional imbalances, if you saw your family of origin just like always fighting, going off the handle, never being homeostatic, they were either high, high or low, low, or Mm -hmm. there was always that, that tension in the house. Absolutely. You just think, oh, this is how we live. Yeah. And then what happens is you, you, start to, as you grow, you know it's wrong, but you can't get out of it because you're in that hypnotic rhythm because it's actually been grooved in your brain. And you think that's how it should be. Yeah. You know, nobody really taught us how to really, I mean, I was not taught how to think right. or how to communicate properly or all these different things. I just, I'm, I went along probably most of my life with a bunch of what? Misassociations, mm-hmm, right? Miscommunication mm-hmm. or whatever. If you know, Don't say anything. Right. Put the feelings down, all these different things that you're, yep. that you're taught Pull as a kid. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, oh, straps, yeah. stiffen your upper lip. Yeah, all, all these all like, all these sayings. old sayings, yeah. right? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> when I was three, my brother pushed me off the little tractor, broke my arm, <gasps> and then my mother told me, go to bed and you'll be better in the morning. Oh, my God. Was yeah. your mother my mother? Go, go to bed and you'll be better in the morning. And guess Shush, what, Katie? You weren't better. No. No? No. Wait a minute. We never are, are we? Yet? <laughs> I was at we never gr- are. I was at Girls Incorporated. I was seven years old. Remember Girls Incorporated? It was like mm. an after-school program for like girls in the ghetto, literally. Yeah. These yeah. girls would like put, put me in trash cans and shit, and we would make paper mache and after and like paint ceramics and stuff. But I'll never forget, they had a roller skating Sounds like day. rehab. It was, it was like, it was rehab. like rehab. It was like Girl Interrupted, yeah. but with ceramics, and like I was seven. <laughs> And I was not Angelina Jolie, damn it. But I remember we had roller skating day at Girls Inc. And I fell and I broke my left arm. Mm -hmm. And my mother was just like, walk it off. You'll be fine. And I remember I went to bed that night and I was like, this fucking really hurts. Like I remember the pain like to this day. And then the next day my fucking arm was like 75 times the, the size yeah. and my mother's like oh we should get you to a doctor yeah well you think Katie, right? the funny thing about mine is i never would have remembered except my mother was obsessed with what a bad person she is <laughs> oh she was worried about herself right so no, many she, times she, yeah. she was she was she just felt terrible well, of I course think. i'm sure my mother felt terrible too but i don't remember that part i just remember yeah. my arm looking like popeye's arm yeah. and then being I'm, really in i'm pain. sorry about your feelings mom but can we really get the medical care right <laughs> I need oh my God. God. I mean, Jesus. And I'll never forget, my dad wrote on my cast after it got casted, Dad is rad. Yeah. Huh. And so then everyone just made fun of me. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, this sucks so bad. <laughs> Did, couldn't you cross it out or turn it into flowers? I probably or... could have, but why wasn't I smart enough to do that? Well, because that probably would have brought up another issue. Right. You know, but I was also a dirty crossing bastard. Crossing your dad out. Right, right. It's a whole other thing. But right? I also was a dirty bastard. I remember the day that I got my cast off. There was like mushrooms growing in it and like dead ants. Oh, God, Katie, that's disgusting. <laughs> and it smelled like an old belly button. 
Oh my gross. god! And I would always smell my arm. It was just so disgusting. And I remember taking showers. Why did you like, keep smelling it? Because it's like the stenchy smell. You just can't stop. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, like I yesterday know. when I came home and I was like, something smells like vomit in our house, and I just kept sniffing everything. <laughs> like Matt's like, I smell that too. It oh, what the hell like, is it? He's like, it smells like nail polish remover. I'm like, oh, that's not nail polish remover. I smell. Oh my god! I've, I'm hashtag triggered right now with my cast <laughs> <laughs> being too rigid or being too weak. So if you're too rigid. That's what I am. Mm -hmm. That's one of my inner child things. Like I am so rigid because for me, that's what makes me feel safe. If I know everything I'm doing, what I'm eating, where I'm going, who's going to be there, what I have to say, what I have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we're supposed to go to New York and I'm like, every meal that we eat has to be pre-planned. Like where we're going, how far we're going to walk, where, where's the Uber? Like what is that? And Matt's like, dude, what about spontaneity? And I'm like, no, spontaneity makes me feel so uncomfortable mm. because when you grow up in a household which can, is chaotic, yep. the one thing that makes you feel good is having something that you can control. So right. for me, it was like cleaning my room. I would like always rip my whole room apart when like things were chaotic in my house and then I would like put everything back like perfectly. That worked out good for me because my house is immaculate now, right? Yeah. Because of you. But it's not always good <laughs> that worked either. worked out pretty good. I'm oh like, oh, God. this place is perfect. No, but <laughs> (laughs) You know what happens with that? Fuck you. But you know what happens with that is that I will clean, like if I feel chaos, instead of doing the thing that I have to do to make me not feel chaotic, what will I do? Clean. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fucked up. And uh, Katie, somewhere on that list, you got to have people pleaser. Oh, Oh. I think it's on the next page. Absolutely. (laughs) We can actually talk about that right now. The people pleasing. It's so detrimental. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah. Because you please everyone and then you don't please yourself. Right. And what, and usually that comes from like, if your family of origin or the people around you growing up, you know, they, they're not loving you unconditionally. Mm. If every time they give love, I'm like, Jill and I just had this conversation yesterday. Every time they give you love, it's always on a conditional contingency. Mm -hmm. Like you did this at school. Now I'm going to tell you, I love you. Mm. Or you did this thing and you got this ribbon or a trophy. Now I'm going to hug you. Yeah. But when you don't get hugs and love just from doing like nothing, that's a fucking problem. Mm, right. And no wonder why we're all walking around as these like little wounded children, but just in big bodies. Right. Right. And nothing's changed. hundred percent. Um, some people even, I put down here self-harm and I was like, oh, I don't self-harm. And then I was like, what are you talking about? I, I self-harm myself in so many ways. Maybe not anymore, mm. but when I was younger, like I had bulimia and I had anorexia or I was ortho um, anorexic where I would just like obsess about every like little thing I was putting in my body and how much I was working out and all that stuff because it's all control. It's the right. same thing with like cut people who cut yes, or people who have suicidal ideations. Not many people on this planet have a chemical imbalance to the point where they're suicidal. Right. Mostly, and I'm not, listen, I'm not sitting here saying I'm, I'm a psychiatrist. I didn't go to school to be a psychiatrist, but I've been up around the block a few times and I know some shit. Mm-hmm. And mostly people who have suicidal ideations or they think that the world is better off without them are self-harming because there's something in their inner child world that's mm-hmm. now internal that happened back in the day that is making them feel like I'm not even worthy enough to be on this earth. Absolutely. And I've had that before, you know, like what's the point of being alive? Mm -hmm. Like no one really cares, which is not true. Right. Right. But this is the things that we tell ourselves from our wounding, from being, you know, having our wounded from inner child. Where where it came from. You know, people have so many thoughts or feelings and they're like, where does that even come from? Oh, that's just the way I am. No, something happened. Something triggered. Something uh, was something so strong and prolific that that's, 
guided you to feel these emotions that or you're, you're s- now at 40 or 38 yeah. or 50 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or you're self-harming because there's a story that's not even your own that you adopted as your story. Like I talk about ancestral healing in the book Ambitious and how right. if you heal yourself, you not only heal your line going forward, but you actually heal your line in, you know, in the past, yeah. right? Yeah. But people think like um, their story is their own, but they really like got this depression or this story from like their grandmother. Right. Right? Right. Well, it's funny because, it, it, I mean, when you said the ages from one to seven, that it is so, so important. And I was reading because of martial arts and I was reading this book about, about warriors. Yes. And I, th- I don't know if it was Roman soldiers or whatever. And they said, if we can get a child at one and train them to be a warrior, we own them. We will have that warrior charge anybody, take on anybody. Yes. They'll be totally our you know, in, in our control yes. because they knew back then that if we teach them what we want to teach them and how we want to teach them, we own them, yeah. right? From one to seven. That's insane. What does it say in Outwitting the Devil? Who are your best propagandists? Yeah. The young, of course, he yeah, says, yeah, because young. why? Yeah, because that's when they can, they're indoctrinated, yes. right? Whether it be it's the like school Hitler system youth. or whatever. And it's like Hitler Youth, right? Yeah. He knew that if I could get these guys, these kids when they're small, They'll be already brainwashed. They'll yes. already be in my control. Right. 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 And that's for good and bad. Yeah. So if you're brought up and, and listen, a loving household, everyone's and, fucked up. We're not yeah. sitting here saying like, oh, there's yep. everyone has their shit. Yes. Everyone. I don't care who yes. you are. If you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth or not, everyone right. has their shit. It has nothing to do with money. I mean, then no. you have other issues where my dad was never around. He was always traveling on business and my mom was too busy with her career and she just kind of just shipped me off everywhere. So this always comes back to what? being a loving, caring person and know these things that everything you say and do, the child knows Mm -hmm. and hears. And even if it's a closed room and you're fighting or you're arguing or whatever the case may be, that energy is going over to that child. And and you're teaching that child how to be an adult. And then the the cycle just keeps perpetuating. Right. Because if you see your parents beat the shit out of each other when you're young, Mm -hmm. even though you don't like it, and you know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. As an adult, you think, oh, when you love each other, you just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And you call each other names. And then one of, like, you know, your dad comes home and brings your mom flowers. And then everything's copacetic again. And then it just keeps the, it keeps Cycle. going and going and going. And yeah. then what happens is what? Even though you know that's wrong, you mm-hmm. end up picking partners mm-hmm. that are just the same as your father or the same as your mother or your family of origin. And both of us are cycle breakers. Yes. Because we did not keep everything going the way we were raised. No. But- it ekes out. And, oh, it, and yes. when it ekes out, you have to be like, where did that even come from? And you have to always be on guard <laughs> mm-hmm. to kind of think. And when you do catch yourself going down that rabbit hole yes. of, you know, uh, arguing or, you know, or, or F you or slam the door right. if you have an argument or yes. something like that. Yes. That's just what you was, you saw. You don't even know why you do it. Oh, this is what you do. You just close, shut the door or you don't talk for two weeks, but oh not seven God. days. Nope. Two weeks is I don't talk to her for two weeks. Yeah. You don't even know where this shit comes from. Nope. And it comes from all of these freaking mixed associations yes. because you weren't taught, hey, if you have a problem, you should really talk about it right away. Yes. If there's something that happens, don't let it go. Yes. Bring it up if it's a, you know, and, and, and work on it together. Yes. And um, you know, I've, di- I've been diving deep. You've been diving deep into all these different things. And that's why we're able to be uh, cycle breakers. But in mm-hmm. being able to realize when something comes up, right. you need to heal it. And in my inner child healing meditation, that's going to be in the book. And that's also, I pre-recorded it and it's on all of those platforms I talked about before. I talk about in the meditation, you know, the, your family of origin didn't know any better. 
Right. Right. So to harbor ill will and to harbor, um, you know, angry feelings towards them is not the, the answer. No. It's really like forgiving them from afar and healing yourself. Yes. And healing yourself for yourself. Because now you have a, a, a decision to make. Yes. You can look at and monitor the things that don't bring you peace right. or don't bring you harmony. And mm-hmm. you can say, this doesn't work for me anymore and I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Right? Ab- so you absolutely. actually have a choice now. Totally. You know, you're, if, as an adult. The next thing, Matt, Matt does this, excessive lying. All right. I have a problem with lying. Did you eat that piece of chicken last night that I brought home from dinner? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) It was a lot easier when Karina was not at college or living on her own. I'd be like, oh, I think it was Karina. The dog. The The dog dog ate it. Open the fridge. Oh, yeah. She's huge. Got the food out of there. Yep. Yep, no. Karina was the other day. She went in the fridge because we had gone out to. She goes, "Dad ate my rest of my filet mignon." He goes, "I don't know what you're talking about." She goes, "You just stumble in here in the middle of the night, bollocky bear ass, and could just half asleep <laughs> going in the fridge." Oh. He probably didn't. He it's, didn't even know it. It's probably ambient eating without the ambient. Um, exactly. Just, because I was just moving through the house. <laughs> yeah. But some people do. They excessively lie because, right. as children, they had to lie because if they told the truth, right. They weren't going to be loved. They weren't going to be liked. They weren't going to be accepted. Or they'd catch a beating. Or they'd catch a beating, right? right? A beating wouldn't be good. Uh, Sexual issues. Yeah. Right? A lot of people have a hard time expressing themselves in a sexual way because that was like uh, shameful and sex wasn't talked about in in the home, right? Absolutely. If you grew up Catholic, you know, you would forget about it. Don't even talk about sex. No, the stork brings the babies. I mean, it was was funny. We were talking about this, (laughs) the the stork. I love this. Remember the stork? It was funny because we were watching a movie the other day and it triggered me. I said to Katie, I said, oh my God, it was, it was a love scene. And my parents would be like, all right, Joe, shut the TV off. There's a sex scene coming up. And I'm like, okay, well, what's wrong with that? But right before that, somebody just got their brains blown out. That's fine. That's okay. That's fine. This guy got, you know, his arms cut off. Oh, my God. That was unbelievable. Let's rerun it. You know, but the sex scene, Matthew, close your eyes. God forbid forbid I become a loving When Sharon Stone uncrossed her legs in Basic Instinct, that was a turning point in my life as a child. That was a turning point in my life. That was, I think there was a rewind glitch there because it was we went wild so many times <laughs> the tape in the VHS Sharon was just Stone. ran out he wore out his beta <laughs> exactly oh my god That's Sharon so Stone true. if you're listening thank you very Sharon much Sharon Stone if you're listening you're 80 <laughs> that was the best scene ever <laughs> <laughs> and then um, wearing many masks right so being like it kind of comes to with the people pleaser it's like I'm this Katie when I'm with these people and I'm that Katie when I'm with these people and I have to be this Katie when I'm with my family and mm. it's just like that that's fucking exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Absolutely. Don't you think? It's exhausting. If you yeah. don't like me, who I am truly, any time of the day, you you can't be my friend. And that's or you a, can't be my family. Yes. I don't and, give a fuck. And that's probably like one of the biggest reasons people get divorced yeah. is because they're exhausted of being somebody that oh. they're not. And it's like, you know, during that honeymoon phase, they call it, or whatever. Well, what did Chris oh, Rock the, said? The, you, you You're meet my the, representative. You meet the representative and you don't meet the real person, you know, for like the first six months of the marriage, you know, the toilet seat is up and now, you know, it's a year in, you're pissing all over it. You get the you, you get the real person, right? right? And so some you, people don't yeah. like that, yeah. right? And then commitment problems, 
huge, yeah. right? Business or business problems. Yeah, yeah. Big time. I remember when I was um, first starting my company, I started working in healthcare as a sales executive. And I was going to my spiritual leader that I was working with. And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about business. Uh, no, that's not your problem. Your problem is you don't think you're worthy of achieving this goal. Yes. Let's go deeper. Where does that come from? And I'm like, wait a second. I'm a karate guy. I'm worthy. No, you need to look inside. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of the problems that people have, especially I think men, yes. if they get to a point, and now women too, because they're they're equal out there, yes. like meeting out in the workforce and 100%. achieving more and so forth and so on. But I think it's really like looking at why do you think you can't achieve? And my parents would be the parents would say, oh my, it doesn't grow on trees. Same. You can't only make this much money and don't be, think you're going to be as rich as this person. Be a or, postman. Or you know, be a postman <laughs> or you know, give up your dreams and that's all spot, you know, uh, 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 pie in the sky type of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think that, but I was fighting against it. But to really, to be able to go to the next level, I had to go backwards and yeah. where I would, oh, that's, don't touch that money, Matthew. It's filthy. Give it to me. I'm like, filthy. Oh, now, now we're dirty like, money. Now we'll swim in it. Oh, I do every day. Like <laughs> fucking Scrooge McDuck it, right? for Christ's sake. Duck things, All these things have energy. A hundred percent. So it's like you get to a certain level in your business. It's like, I don't want to be too good at this. Or I don't want to you know, hurt people because yeah. they're not going to be able to go as far as I yeah. am or whatever. Um, that was that was me. That I was kept self-sabotaging over and over and over again. Every time I would get to a certain level of success, I would always self-sabotage. And just recently, I started realizing, oh my God, I was doing this because I never wanted my family to feel like you know I'm better than them or I think I'm better than them or to be too successful because – one of the things that um, you know, my mother would always say to me is, um, "Don't forget where you came from." Mm. Or she'd also say to me, um, "You think you're, you just, you think you're better than us." Mm. And I swear to God, I don't think I'm better than my family at all. I love them with all of my heart, but these are the things that were indoctrinated into my brain. So every time I would get to this this pinnacle of success, it would be like right there in my grasp. Yep. It would be snatched away from me because I couldn't get over this shit with not wanting to be quote unquote better than them. Which and it's actually being better for yourself. Right. Because if it's something in you, that was, I believe, if something's in you to be better or do something to be a superstar athlete or be a superstar businessman or woman or whatever the case may be, that's God's spark in you. Some people don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't care. They're very, very happy doing certain things. But if it's in you to be a champion or to be an executive or whatever it is, right. that was given to you for a reason. If you're a leader, that is given to you for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I think if you don't go for 150%, it's a smack in the face to your creator. Oh, absolutely. And we have to constantly be monitoring what we're doing and saying and surrounding us around people that are like-minded, that give you the permission to shine. Of course. And uh, speak victory into you. Yeah. Right? Because if they we, don't, we never got victory spent. And if you don't, get the fuck out of my way. Right. That's ambitious. Yeah, that's ambitious. Right? Get out the, get out the way. Yes. Move. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Fiercely competitive. That's me. Yes. Right? Fiercely competitive. Um, I think I already talked about this victim mentality. Yes. That victim mentality, that perennial victim mentality is actually your wounded child. Mm. Right? What do you mean by that? So wounded, uh, so victim mentality is like, 
oh, it all, of course this happens to me. Of course. This is, oh, of course. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like They're that out kinda, to get me. Yeah. Or, uh, everyone's out to get me. I, this screwed, always happens to he me. He screwed me. Or of this course. person screwed me. Right. Or, uh, I could have been this because of, uh, you know, but, but that person got in my way. Listen, if you want something, nobody's going to get in your freaking way. No shit. You know, Katie, why does the bad stuff always happen to me? No, oh, my God. Yeah. That's all I heard growing up. That's all I heard growing up. <laughs> I, I thought it was, I saw this interview and it was Steven Spielberg and they asked Steven Spielberg, they said, if you couldn't be a director, what would you be? Right. And he said, nothing. There would be nothing stopping me. I would break so down awesome. every door awesome. until I was taken away in handcuffs. Yeah. And I just got chills. I and, did too. That's why he's Steven Spielberg because nobody was going to tell him fucking no. Yeah. And, and it was so in him that he would just continue and continue. And I think I was watching the show and it was after he made Jaws. Nobody wanted to talk to him in Hollywood. The movie was yes. way over budget. He was at cocktail parties and people were like thinking he was the plague. Yeah. You know, he said it was going to be over. The shot kept on breaking yeah. all these different problems. Mm-hmm. And he goes, nothing was going to stop. Me. Right, but he, he goes. I didn't make Jaws too. No shit, no shit. <laughs> but it's like with the ambitious abundance of affirmation. No. At the end, I say my faith and focus are so strong that there are no other alternatives. When mm. I'm saying that, it's not lip service. I no, mean that. Mean what it. I say, yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Right. Who I have to meet and what I have to do and how many nights I have to be up and how many hours I have to work and what I have to do. And it, but it will that. happen. And, and it takes that to be one percent in whatever you are being. Yeah. Right? If you're the best uh, restaurateur. It takes that. Yeah. If you're going to be the best actor, it takes that. 100%. You know, I mean, that's what you have to do. There's no turning back. You mm-hmm. have to go for it. Totally. 100%. Let me get through the next couple and then we can just, you know, call this a day. Sounds good. Because some of them I'm like, oh, this is triggering me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be triggered Hashtag tonight. triggered. Ugh. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Lack of genuine friends. Mm. Needy behavior. Overly aggressive. Overly passive. Right? So any one end of the spectrum is not healthy. Right? Codependency, mm. uh, intimacy issue issues, overly distrustful, like, right, everyone's out to get me, mm-hmm. that kind of energy, feeling overly responsible for others. Right. Right? Yes. So, like, you know, if you grew up in a household where you were the parent of your parents, which mm-hmm. so many of us were, right, you're going to probably in your adult life feel like you have to parent everyone around you. And guess what? It's not your fucking job. Mm-hmm. Right? right, we have to heal our own children inside right. of us and parent, reparent our own inner children before we can go help anyone else. And sometimes being the parent is letting your child have problems. Yes, ha- let them have problems. Let them figure it out. Right? I mean, just a couple of times when we were parenting Karina, yeah, um, you were like, "Oh, I think we should tell her to do this, tell her to do this, <laughs> yeah. and make her do this." I'm like. You know, no, because I think that what if she has to figure it out on her own, and if it's something hard, you can't puppet them. No, it's hard work, they have to make it happen themselves. You can give them the tools, you can give them everything, you can give them the opportunities, but they have to do the they have to do the work. Nobody can work you out for you and make you look like the rock or Arnold Schwarzenegger. That'd be amazing. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to do the work, and that's that's part of your life contract, right? Absolutely, is to push through Mm -hmm. the barriers Mm -hmm. or not. Yeah. Or not. Or not. And just be a mediocre fuck. And that's okay too, but just get the fuck out of our way. 
The end. <laughs> right? Cold is cold blooded on I, I didn't put that because I didn't want to I didn't want to out myself. So this is my challenge for everyone on, out there in ambitious land. Do this meditation for 28 days. Like I said, you could find it on my social media, Katie Boyd Ambitious on Instagram, and also Katie Boyd Ambitious on Facebook. And let me know if it's helping you. It works. Shout me out. Yes. Thank you, each and every one of you, for being such crusaders to this ambitious movement. And like I always say, see you next Tuesday. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.